0: On this episode of the Heat Check, given that we are not talking anymore about the Lakers dumpster fire, because that could be literally its own podcast, given how much news is coming out. And there's a lot. LeBron James is only answering questions from women at this time, which is hilarious to me. Uh, he still is going to remain hopeful no matter what happens, as long as he said. He said unless he's stomped out into the grave and his head is chopped off, like he was some monster. I said we were going to talk about it. So we're not going to talk about it. But just go find it. Because it's absolutely bonkers what's going on. Given that we're not doing that for consecutive episodes. We're going to delve into something that's a little less sexy. But definitely with just as much drama. There is some recent news in women's hoops. That is going to blow your fucking mind. Why the system of sports pretty much is broken. What's happening to WNBA players currently playing in Russia and Ukraine? Fascinating stuff and more. So go ahead, Brock. Drop that beat. May break my bones, but sex like me. So the trade deadline's over. All-star game in the rearview mirror. Playoff still month and change away. Uh, it's pause time. There's not a lot of news. We've got buyouts, obviously, that are sort of rumbling. But we kind of need to take a breather. I'm a little tired of dissecting some of these dumpster fire franchises with every little minute piece of news that comes away. Apparently, Rob Polinka botched a bunch of conversations where he wasn't calling people back. I mean, the, the drama continues. But yeah, yeah, he wasn't answering phone calls. Just, like, look it up. I don't want to talk about it. I don't. Like, just look it up. I don't. He's so bad. I just, like, there's so much raw material in fodder. For me, it's like red meat and a hungry Rottweiler. I am the Rottweiler in this situation. Rob Plinkett is the red meat in the Lakers. And just how much joy I get from shit-talking them. But, like, it's boring to you, even though if it might be hilarious to me. So let's break down some hoops. But today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite things in the world, WNBA. So, there's multiple WNBA stories going on right now. Both of those are actually global news stories. We'll start with what's happening right now in the Ukraine and how that has the ability to affect how the women's game operates moving forward. As everybody knows unless you've been living under a rock kind of like I've tried to avoid it if you need to tell me if I need some some news I'm just going to make sure that Twitter tells me or someone on the street tells me I'm not going to go out here and be be looking for for see hey did you know I hear somebody on a train I'm listening on Amtrak I got I got Chris Coons behind me on the Amtrak talking about Mitch McConnell I mean you can't escape it right so unless you're sitting in your crib playing 2K Uh, you know that Russia invaded Ukraine a week ago. And the economic fallout has been immense. There's been immediate economic sanctions against the the Russian state. Um, They've literally tanked the ruble. We've got the owner of Chelsea pretty much being forced to sell the team because he's broke now. All of these Russian oligarchs are losing their wealth. Uh, It is just absolutely bonkers. Russian stock market, which is an aggregate of the biggest companies in Russia, lost 80% of its total value in the first two days alone. Let's just say things are not going the way that the head of Russia, named Vladimir Putin, has anticipated them going. We'll just say things have not been going according to plan. Uh, Major foreign investors have pulled out of Russia The country has been banned from international banking platforms. If you want to wire money from country to country and you're Russian, that's a no. Some people have lost all access to Pornhub if you're in Russia, which is a huge loss. Uh, Russian oligarchs who have built multi-billion dollar portfolios stand to lose everything. So a lot is happening. lot's popping around the world here. How does this affect women's hoops, though? Let me explain. For years... There has been an unspoken, this is a fascinating shit, unspoken rivalry between various Russian oligarch billionaires. And that has spilled over onto the court. In this case, Russian women's basketball Premier League has been the biggest payday by far for women's basketball players for many, many years. Uh, Folks like Brittany Greiner, uh, Brianna Stewart, Diana Taurasi have played for Russian teams for seven figure or more contracts, which, to be frank, is a lot more money that they make in the United States. They have made well over five times the maximum salary allowed in the WNBA in Russia. It's good business to hoop in Russia if you're a woman. And it's basically just... We'll just say what it is, a dick measuring contest by really rich guys in Russia that decided that the women's basketball, Russian, Russian women's basketball Premier League, hard to say, uh, is their little breeding ground for how they end up competing with one another. It's their little, it's like squid games to a degree, only no one gets hurt. In the pa- uh, past two days, this is like another way of them you know, measuring how good they are with one another. So, the past two days though, women's basketball players living in Ukraine and Russia struggling to get out. A move made more difficult since Russia has now made it very difficult to fly out, having banned flights from 36 countries and counting. Thankfully, all the American players who played in the Ukraine are out, but Russia's war on the Ukraine is going to change the balance of women's basketball, for the intermediate term at least. Because who knows? Who knows before the status quo returns in Russia? Who knows when these women who make their livelihoods, where they make the majority of their dollars in the offseason, will be able to play there again, right? Will those same oligarchs that I mentioned that lost 80% of their wealth, will they be so inclined to have women's basketball be their dick measuring contest anymore? They might just be looking to just hold on, we're going home kind of vibes. You know what I mean? Just hang on for dear life. Who knows? Time will tell. I'm not optimistic. So it will put more pressure on the WNBA to pay equitably now that overseas cash, cow, has fallen to Putin's ill-timed, ill-planned moves. Which brings us to the real story. The real huge story, something that's been hiding in plain sight. Boom! Airplanes, charter planes, to be exact. All right. So, Sports Illustrated, just randomly on a Monday, just a random Monday, two days ago, dropped one of the biggest stories to be about the WNBA, maybe ever. One league handed out record fines against the New York Liberty. not only did they do that, uh, the WNBA threatened to take the Liberty's draft picks away, and they even floated the idea of not only making the owner Joe Szy, same guy who owns the Brooklyn Nets, uh, sell the team, but also folding the entire franchise together. It was fucking serious. What could have been so egregious? that they would fold an entire WNBA team where there's not that many, be the first one to contract, to have to just close up shop, go home in the biggest market in the country. What could he have done that was so terrible? Was there some some sort of pizza ring, underground pizza ring going on in some basement? What could have been happening? What was it? Tell me. I need to know. Wait. Josiah put his players on a, on a charter plane and took them to Sonoma for wine tasting? You mean to tell me that that was so egregious that he would be possibly forced to sell a team and fold the entire New York Liberty as a whole? All because Josiah wanted to take them on a team building trip. All because he wanted to treat his players like male players are treated. All because he didn't want the New York Liberty to fly Southwest next to Fred and Karen and their little baby Eli on their way to some family trip in Phoenix. All because of that. Mostly, when you go bird's eye view, it's because Joe Psy, the owner of the New York Liberty and the owner of the New York and the Brooklyn Nets, same vibe, same intention, same mentality. Joe Psy is willing to do what so many other owners are not willing to do. Do whatever it takes. Pay whatever it takes to show your players you invest in them and you're willing to do whatever it takes to compete and win like he's doing with the Brooklyn Nets. You cannot make that shit up. Here's what happened. Joe Psy, here's the backstory. Josiah, billionaire owner of the Brooklyn Nets, but also the New York Liberty, wanted to give the Liberty a team-building trip to Napa, so he chartered a plane and sent them off to wine country. <gasps> Why? You don't say. Star player Dee, Dee Richards, rook, a rookie, said at the podium randomly, they asked her what her favorite off-the-court moment was, and she said Napa. Napa was just so much fun. Napa was an opportunity for us to get together as a team and just be beautiful. And you know what? I love that. I was just planning for days what I was going to wear to Napa once they told us, Josiah, you monster! Shut the league down! Shut the team down! Force this man out! Get him the fuck out of here! Liberty guard Jasmine Jones said that the team owners treat us like they treat an NBA team. That is fucking awful, you don't say. (laughs) Folks, what's the problem here? What's the problem here? The problem is that it violated the WNBA's collective bargaining agreement, which constrains the benefits that you can give players. Is that not the stupidest fucking thing you've ever heard in your life? There should be... Well, let's just hold that thought for later. But it gets even more stupid. The Liberty chartered flights for each road game of the season's second half, beginning in August with the trip to Minnesota. And the WNBA was fucking pissed. Cause right now they're using commercial flights like Southwest with Brian and Karen and Eli on their trip to Phoenix. You would be on the same flight with Brian and Karen and their little baby Eli crying and screaming when you're trying to get your mind right for your game. That's what's happening now. Josai was like, this is ridiculous, especially when there's issues with weather, issues with plane delays, issues with everything that comes with being just a normal traveler, which these people are not. Josai, apparently, the punishment that WNBA was floating around was obscene. And Josai was like, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to continue to do it anyway. You can tell me not to, but I'm going to. In fact, he doubled down, stating that WNBA athletes should be treated like the elite players that they are. And then he went public on Twitter over the fact that he can't fly his own team via charter because he has a lot of money. Joe Tsai, as an aside, is the co-founder of Alibaba, which is the Google in China. So then he does the most extraordinary thing. He was like, well because they said well this is, this is a competitive balance issue if your team can fly charter and which is against the law or the rules of the CBA and all the other and all of the other teams cannot that gives you an advantage it's not correct that's not right and it's cost too much money for these other non quote unquote non billionaire team owners so it's wrong and then he does this he found a sponsor to fly all the WNBA teams for three years for free. Yep. Do you know what happened next? Of course they were, all the teams were like, hell yeah, right? No, they weren't like, hell yeah. They were like, absolutely fucking not. The WNBA Board of Governors turned it down. Let me say that again in the back. For the folks in the back not quite listening Joe Psy The owner of the New York Liberty Was so committed to giving his players What he felt they needed to be successful Be ready and to have no travel hiccups Because he's a multi-multi-billionaire And when he was told he couldn't do that Because it gave him A competitive advantage He found a way For everyone to have the same exact thing Which he thought was the bare minimum For travel for an elite athlete and the board of governors said no according to sy if you are wondering why that might be according to them quote here's where it gets fucking crazy some owners worried that the players would get used to it and there would be no going back others wondered whether players might prefer a salary hike instead that's not how this works? You can't just say, uh, "I'm sorry, net jets. I would prefer that money go into my pocket instead of just you giving us planes." Neither. Excuse me. Pause. Neither. Like let's just let's just say <laughs> let's just bring this all back. They didn't want players to get used to what? To get used to being treated like professional athletes the elite athletes that they are they wanted them to be seen and felt as just regular joe's on a southwest flight or a delta flight flying commercial you cannot make this shit up dog the wmb it is absolutely bonkers and here you are here i am thinking that major league baseball had a monopoly on being cheap billionaires <laughs> Here I am thinking like it's just them. No, no. Cheap bastards are found in every corner of the world. The league originally, here's what they wanted to do the Liberty. League wanted originally to slap a million dollar fine on them. By far the most in the history of the league. And then they dialed it down to a half a million. Keep in mind though that this is a league that has capped salaries at $221,000 per year, that is the supermax for a WNBA player. And you wonder, you have to wonder why Mark Davis, who also co-owns the Raiders, uh, owns the Aces, why he decided to pay Becky Hammond a million dollars to coach. Because he can. Because that's the thing that he doesn't have any restraint over. He can, he wants to, and he thinks it's going to help his team win. That's how you think like a real billionaire who wants to win games. It's also the only salary that's not capped in the CBA. The WNBA is in grave danger, I would say. You've got issues with players who are not making money in Russia any longer. They're going to put pressure on the WNBA. The WNBA has been inflexible even When there's free stuff that gives them an ability to grow the game. And the CBA will do nothing to pay these players what they are worth. And the CBA is in place until 2027. That is an eight-year-long CBA. They got that deal done 2020 and it does not end. It does not expire until 2027. So what does that all mean? For me, it means I've come to the reality and I've come to the conclusion that professional sports is broken. I mean, it's just, it's just up in front. In the last month, you've got the Olympics, you've got baseball, you've got the WNBA. There are, let's just break down how this works. Very, very, very rich people get to a level in their life. And in, and in a status where they get included into a fraternity. 30 teams In the WNBA It's way less So you get invited Into this fraternity You go through All the hoops And you you have billions of dollars at your disposal you've made a killing in your life and this is one of those final little infinity stones in your glove where you feel like you're a real person now something to complete you something to go off and tell your friends about something where you get free this and free that box seats and charter planes and free shit and people ooing and awing over you because you own a sports team whatever sports team it is doesn't really even matter and that is you And those people, as my grandma would say, they don't get rich by giving it away. They don't get rich by giving it away. And even when they are worth five, six, seven billion dollars, that mentality sticks. That cheap ass, poor me mentality, despite them being worth literally more money than they could ever spend no matter what they wanted. Not even Phil Mickelson could spend $5 billion, and that is something that he probably would get close to, given his uh, gambling issues. If you're a billionaire and you own a team and you're not willing to do whatever it takes to get that team to win, which is the entire point of owning a team, competing and playing to win, that's literally the the only goal of a sports team is to win and to win at the highest level and you're not, and you're against the free market of paying players, the elite of the elite, as much as it takes for you to collect a team that will win, you're fucking cheap ass, and you don't deserve to own a team. Winners, which apparently you are not, winners do whatever it takes to win, no matter what. There's billionaires owning teams that would rather cheap out, cheap out on everything, on their team, on how it's ran, on what their players make, on what their coaches make, because they still make enough money anyway. That to me is a problem. That to me is a gigantic problem that hampers the growth of a game that is struggling to get new consumers, get new eyeballs. Nobody fucking cares right now about the WNBA because they won't put money into it. Mm -hmm. The product is good. These girls put up buckets. The jerseys are nice. They're trying to figure out a way to get more people interested in the game. And then you do shit like this. Like, it's absolutely bonkers. So how do we fix the WNBA specifically? How do we fix it? My man Tom Ziller, I love Tom Ziller. He's got a great newsletter uh, on Substack called Good Morning Basketball. He wrote... The salary cap is the problem right now for the WNBA. There's new energy and new resources available in and around women's sports. Literally four or five billionaires that own WNBA teams that have gotten walled off when they're trying to do whatever it takes to win. They're running into like, well, I want to pay Liz Cambage X, and I can't. And now Liz Cambage, Cambage has left. And this is what he says more. There's more resources available in and around women's sports, but the league's conservative mindset is keeping it closed off to lots of potential growth. The WNBA has been so focused on mere survival for so long that it's unable to pivot into an expansionary strategy. The conservatism of the league is baked hard, crusted onto the WNBA to the point where moneybag investors like Joe Tsai and aces Mark Davis are unable to break the status quo. Fuck that. Fuck that. He proposes the WNBA adopt a similar structure as the EPL, where rich owners spend as much as they want to build a sustainable powerhouse, and then the rising tide lifts all ships. Who cares if a few teams in this league are killing, absolutely destroying, Investing in marketing, and branding, and events, and trying to make this most the most sexy team, most sexy league as as possible. That tide lifts every single WNBA team up. With Mark Lore, who's gonna own, who is currently owning the Lynx, Josie, Mark Davis, they are begging, salivating as as owners of other businesses who know what knows what it takes to grow something from scratch. All they want to do is do what it takes to grow the game. And the WNBA won't let them. Draconian rules that don't make no sense. So what we do know is the way that the WNBA has handled this is a nightmare. It's got to change because the league itself is growing. Ratings are way up over the last two years. Despite the pandemic, the league has new equity owners that include Condoleezza Rice and Nike. The valuation of the league and its franchises is supposed to be around a billion dollars right now. Gross. And because we're pushing P, because we're pushing P, we're going to try to pivot hard away from hating the powers, structures of the WNBA and Major League Baseball and the Olympics. We're going to get away from that and just tell you about really fast, this very side road about Don Staley, who... Could have been the coach of the Portland Trailblazers if they would have done the right thing. Uh, same thing with Becky Hammond, actually, but um, no shade to Chauncey Bullups. There's a terrific story on Anscape, which you should be called uh, the Undefeated. They've changed names. About her incredible influence on the world of women's basketball, and in this case, black female head coaches. Back in 2015, Staley received a piece of the net cut down by Carolyn Peck, head coach of the Purdue Boilermakers who won the title in 1999, making her the first black head coach in history to win a title in the NCAA. And that act of kindness, doing what the WNBA should be doing, which is literally pulling people from behind up to lift them to see what's possible, to make sure that you're making the world a better place for the generations after you. That act of kindness influenced Dawn Staley to the point where She cut her own NCAA championship net from 2017 into 90 pieces and sent them to black female head coaches in basketball. This move, she said, connected them all together in an unbreakable bond. That's what we need more in sports, is for people to know how they fit into the greater puzzle of things. How great is that? Nicole Powell, a young black head coach at UC Riverside, said, Don Staley's move is getting me to think bigger. We all need, as people, and especially in these leagues, to think bigger. How can we support others, other coaches, other people younger than ourselves at whatever level? Veteran coach Diane Richardson of the Towson Tigers summed it up best. She says, I carry this piece of the net in my backpack as a reminder of the generosity of Dawn, but also the vision and for us to aspire to do things like this. Lift the people below you up and they will do the same. she said it was emotional for me because I know how important it is to hold on to the nets and all of those things for your championship. She felt strong enough about us and this fight for to cut for hit her to cut it up and share it with us. And that's the legacy. That is the legacy that the WNBA needs to impart that's the legacy that a team like that even other leagues that are not related to basketball need to think about doing that and it also, Slightly in the midst of all this craziness Gives me hope That despite how broken things are now Things can change with one or two people The number of female black coaches in women's basketball Has doubled in the past 20 years And the game is better for it Because these days With all this shit happening We need a symbol of hope That tomorrow is going to be better than today Even if it's something as small and simple as a piece of a championship net. That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. We will be back Monday with a new episode. Do not forget to download, subscribe, tell all your friends, every damn one of them. Follow us on social at this Heat Check and at Trista Crick on TikTok. Thanks friends.